Welcome to Blooming Out, Indiana's only LGBTQ news and public affairs show featuring music, events, and interviews, both local and global. From the WFHB studios in Bloomington, Indiana, this is Blooming Out. I'm Rachel Jones. Each and every week, we hope to have a show brought to you by the LGBTQ plus communities and our listeners. And you can always count on us to cover the most pressing issues, interesting people, and latest events reflecting LGBTQ plus life. We conveniently post the show online to podcast at WFHB.org. So if you can't listen live, you can hear us nationally and internationally via the web. We are local in broadcast, but national and international in scope. And we have another great show planned tonight. We will be discussing the recent Value Voters Summit and the keynote speech delivered by Donald Trump. We will also discuss a response from Congressman John Lewis of Georgia. And don't forget our featured musicians of the week against me, a psychobilly rock band led by trans rights activist Laura Jane Grace. Thank you. And we stand united behind the customs, beliefs, and traditions that define who we are as a nation and as a people. George Washington said that religion and morality are indispensable to America's happiness, really prosperity, and totally to its success. It is our faith and our values that inspires us to give with charity, to act with courage, and to sacrifice for what we know is right. The American founders invoked our Creator four times in the Declaration of independence four times. How times have changed, but you know what? Now they're changing back again. Just remember that. Benjamin Franklin reminded his colleagues at the Constitutional Convention to begin by bowing their heads in prayer. Religious liberty is enshrined in the very First Amendment of the Bill of Rights. And we all pledge allegiance to very, very beautifully one nation under God. This is America's heritage, a country that never forgets that we are all, all, every one of us, made by the same God in heaven. When I came to speak with you last year, I made you a promise. Well, one of the promises I made you was that I'd come back. See? 
And I don't even need your vote this year, right? That's even nicer. But I pledge that in a Trump administration, our nation's religious heritage would be cherished, protected, and defended like you have never seen before. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. You see it every day. You're reading it. So this morning, I am honored and thrilled to return as the first sitting president to address this incredible gathering of friends. So many friends. So many friends. And I'll ask Tony and all of our people that do such a great job in putting this event together, can I take next year off or not? Or do I have to be back? I don't know. Huh? He's saying, they're saying no. Luana's saying no. So that means no. So I'm here to thank you for your support and to share with you how we are delivering on that promise, defending our shared values, and in so doing, how we are renewing the America we love. In the last 10 months, we have followed through on one promise after another. I, I didn't have a schedule, but if I did have a schedule, I would say we are substantially ahead of schedule. Some of those promises are to support and defend the Constitution. I appointed and confirmed a Supreme Court justice in the mold of the late, great Justice Antonin Scalia, the newest member of the Supreme Court, Justice Neil Gorsuch. To protect the unborn, I have reinstated a policy first put in place by President Ronald Reagan, the Mexico City policy. <laughs> to protect religious liberty, including protecting groups like this one, I signed a new executive action in a beautiful ceremony at the White House on our National Day of Prayer. which day we made official. <laughs> Among many historic steps, the executive order followed through on one of my most important campaign promises to so many of you, to prevent the horrendous Johnson Amendment from interfering with your First Amendment rights. Thank you. We will not allow government workers to censor sermons or target our pastors, our ministers, our rabbis.
These are the people we want to hear from. And they're not going to be silenced any longer. Just last week, based on this executive action, the Department of Justice issued a new guidance to all federal agencies to ensure that no religious group is ever targeted under my administration. Won't happen. We have also taken action to protect the conscience rights of groups like the Little Sisters of the Poor. You know what they went through? What they went through. They were going through hell. And then all of a sudden, they won. They said, how did that happen? <laughs> we want to really point out that the Little Sisters of the Poor and other people of faith Okay, and and you were just listening to the uh, President Donald Trump at the 12th annual Value Voters, Voters Summit. The keynote speech uh, marked the first time a sitting president has spoken at the event in its history. The event is hosted by the Family Research Council, Focus on the Family Action, Americans United to Preserve Marriage, and American Family Association Action. Trump noted that he signed a religious liberty order on the National Day of Prayer that eased enforcement of the Johnson Amendment, which regulated political activity of churches. He also stated just last week, based on this executive action, the Department of Justice issued a new guidance to all federal agencies to ensure that no religious group is ever targeted under my administration. What is the history of the Family Research Council? It began in 1983. However, its roots trace back to the White House Conference on Families in 1980 during the Jimmy Carter administration. Its initial mission of countering the credentialed voices arrayed against life and family has grown into one of the evangelical right's most powerful lobbying groups. So where does this leave us? Well, first, I just want to mention folks out there who want to call in. Our phone lines are up and going, so you can give us a call at 812 323-1200. We would love to hear what you thought about this speech. Um, yeah, what what did you think? And get a little discussion going. Again, that number is 812-323-1200. Um, yeah, so um, Rach, I just, just to sum up some of the uh, points in that speech. So, um, the Family Research Research Council um, is currently headed by Tony Perkins, um, and he is staunchly pro-life, pro-family values, and anti-LGBT. Um, his legislative accomplishments were the um, Covenant Marriage Law, which uh, has an opt-in specialty marriage, which requires premarital counseling prior to wedlock divorce requires a partner to prove the other has committed adultery a felony engaged in substance abuse or physical and or sexual abuse against the spouse or child or live 
uh, separated for at least one to two years. Um, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, Rach, what, how are you, how are you feeling? I think it's amazing. Literally, to get a divorce, you have to prove um, adultery or a felony or engaged in substance abuse. Um, I, don't, I don't know where to begin on that. Well, how did you feel about the Trump speech? Okay, I would love to not give my opinion. I kind of want to hear it. <laughs> Well, I don't have much of much of a positive opinion um, that, so far. It doesn't have to be on what the administration has done. You know, I think the Johnson Amendment was crucial in protecting um, our right to vote for people without pressure from religious groups. The money involved with them now being able to support political candidates is unfathomable. Um, it's also unconscionable to my point of view. Church and state should be separated, and that's what the Johnson Amendment did. It reminds me of gerrymandering, only it's not physical location. It's Mm -hmm. demographic groups, and churches being able to do that is, dare I say, deplorable. You know, another thing that's interesting— They were able to expand to a permanent location in 1990 thanks to the generosity of the DeVos and Prince families. Um, Same family as Betsy DeVos, our Secretary of Education, and Eric Prince, founder of Blackwater. I find that, um, wow. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Oh, okay, so I just had to look up the... um, the covenant marriage law. So that uh, is a law that's in three states, apparently, Arizona, Arkansas, and Louisiana, because I had never heard of it. I haven't either. Um, I'm surprised we don't have it here yet. <laughs> yet. You know, I, having once been conservative Christian, I see great beauty in Christianity. Please don't don't misunderstand where I'm coming from, but I think this administration, um, Donald Trump and Mike Pence, would lead us into the handmaid's tale if um, at all possible. Well, I guess where where I was concerned in the speech is uh, him saying that we all pledge allegiance to one nation under God, where we're all made by the same God in heaven. So I mean, what does religious freedom mean? I mean, I'm allowed to pledge allegiance. Am I allowed to pledge allegiance to multiple gods? I think your religious freedom probably stops at that point. Um, This is definitely conservative Christian based. And and again, I say there's great beauty in that. I have have difficulty with the Prince family as well. If— Blackwater is one of the main funders of this organization. (sighs) Having once spent a lot of time reading the Bible, I have a hard time justifying Blackwater, which is a paramilitary organization, in Christ saying, do violence unto no man. Um, A little bit of a conflict. Well, I think it's a huge conflict, but 
the alt-right and evangelical Christianity, um, I, I have trouble with the definition of Christianity. I know in World War I, um, Christ was used on all sides. Um, German soldiers had, what was it, God is, on our, God is with us on their belt buckles, and the British had posters of Jesus behind a machine gun. Um, how a world, at least in that war, believing in one God could use that God, which I think is what's happening now, to advance conservative ideological policies is um, wrong and against what our forefathers had envisioned for us. So wait a minute. So so there was a picture of Jesus in his thong sandals and a machine gun? Um, World War One, absolutely. That's amazing. It is amazing. Um, where do you go with that? I mean... And a man bun. <laughs> I don't know what the hair was. I doubt it was a man bun. You never know. Um, oh, I just want to mention, folks, the phone lines are open right now. You can give us a call and tell us what you think. Uh, our phone number is 812-320-1200. Again, that number is 812-323-1200. Give us a ringy-ding. Let's go with a couple more facts from what they yeah. believe. Um, we believe in strong families and safe communities. You know what? I bet all of our listeners that sounds, believe that. Yeah, that sounds good. We defend our Constitution. We protect religious liberty. I guess my difficulty with this is... What do they mean? Well, yeah, their definition of safe community and my being safe in that community may be two different things, especially if I need to go to the bathroom. Well, and yeah, and, you know, maybe I pledge allegiance to McDonald's. I thought that was... Well, I arch my eyebrows, but I don't think I would go so far as to pledge my allegiance to Ronald McDonald. I'm just saying, that's my right. You know, this is interesting, too. The Department of Justice issued a guidance to all federal agencies to ensure that no religious group is ever targeted under my administration. Those were Trump's words. Um, How broad is that definition of religious groups? Because I would bet it's really fairly narrow. Okay, removes the protection against wrongful firing of LGBT individuals from government agencies. Wow. Ouch. No kidding, right? Um, It definitely creates a scary world for the trans community. Um, And that leads us to our first break tonight. We'll be featuring music from the punk rock band Against Me.
from Gainesville, Florida, and they have been making music since the early 2000s. After recording for several years under the indie label Fat Records, the band moved to the major rock label Sire in 2010. It was in 2012 that Grace, then going under her birth name Tom Gable, openly discussed her gender dysphoria and made the open commitment to her new identity, Laura Jane Grace. Two years later, Against Me released Transgender Dysphoria Blues to critical and commercial success. Tonight, we will be opening... Oh, and so, yeah, we just did that. We opened with uh, White People for Peace. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, what's going on? What else is going on in the news, Rach? I think we need to talk about the Me Too hashtag that's going on right now. Mm -hmm. Um, This began... From a treat from actress, a tweet from actress Alyssa Milano. It was kind of a treat. <laughs> Actually, it was after hearing so much about the Weinstein incident. If all the women who have 
been sexually harassed or assaulted wrote, Me Too, as a status, we might give people a sense of the magnitude of the problem. I think it absolutely has done that. My goodness. Um, Okay. It grew in the wake of the Harvey Weinstein sexual harassment controversy. Weinstein is a Hollywood executive, formerly of Merrimax Films and the Weinstein Company. Weinstein accused by at least 12 women of sexual misconduct dating back decades. Um, Detractors have voiced disappointment in the message for exclusively mentions women. Many male supporters have joined in the movement, voicing solidarity with others. Support grew with uh, How Will I Change for men to admit past wrongdoings and to make a comment to respect others' bodies in anatomy. Oh, okay. Ha- okay, so got so men uh, are get it, being encouraged to say do the hashtag how I will change. Well, you know, it started initially with some of the men saying, "You know what? This happened to me too." Okay. Um and I think it grew out of a sense of maybe some of these people trying to claim responsibility for what's happened. Um I won't say everyone I know posted a Me Too, but there were so many people. I'm curious. I know that everyone does not have the same feed on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I wonder what some other feeds looked like. Um, Did you see it popping up a lot on your feed? My God. Yeah. It. Um, yeah. Almost at... Many, many, many people. Every time I, I logged into Facebook, yeah, um, I just think this whole Facebook thing is such a a social engineering mechanism. I wonder if it popped up on more people that would have been perpetrators or not. I mean, oh. I have I have no way of knowing because everyone's feed is is individual. Oh, and so like making the perpetrators think, oh, I'm seeing these hashtag Me Too's now. I feel. Or maybe they don't Some see them. Maybe uh, they came up. I, you know, uh, that's what I think is so interesting about algorithms and the ability to target things that you have liked um, and things like that that creates your individual feed. Um, so I had tons of people saying, me too. Did, did yeah. you find that as well? I, I only caught on to it in the last couple of days and then it made me think oh have I had this experience and then I was like oh yeah you know what yes because I had this job when I was 18 and I was this is ridiculous but I was using a typewriter Uh even though we had a lot better technology at that time I, for some reason, we old, didn't, old school. They were, they, were old, they were old school. OK. And so uh, I was at the typewriter in this room and this male uh, c- colleague who was like 60 came up behind me and started massaging my neck. And <laughs> I started to just I was just free. I just froze solid. Right. And, and then he stopped. And I was like, what just happened? That was totally uncalled for. And then I felt like we couldn't be buddies anymore. You know, I mean, it was oh, totally. No. Yeah, I get it. I, you know, I, uh, my experience having once been a relatively large guy and now being a 
whatever you would like to call me. I'm, I'm not sure I'm transgender, but um, I'm certainly not a large guy anymore. Um, I've had several experiences, but my take on it is coming from such a different perspective. What um, is that? Well, the first time it happened, I was probably 20 pounds heavier and 20 pounds of muscle. And uh-huh. um, it was a guy that had just gotten out of prison. Um, when I first started going out, I would go exclusively to gay bar and lesbian bars because I felt safer there mm-hmm. and I felt more accepted. Um, this was up in Indy and I didn't know how to take it. And, and am, am I supposed to respond like a man would respond or um, here I am dressed as a woman and wanting desperately to be more feminine. Uh, it was a quandary for me. Well, was there like some sort of fi- like physical? It could have gone there. Um, no. Like I, he was just aggressive. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it really could have gone there and I was able to deescalate it. Um but I was torn. I, I have uh, a good friend in Indianapolis who happens to be transgender also. Mm-hmm. And she was attacked once by three guys. And and believe it or not, during that experience, and I won't use her name, um, but during that experience, she initially felt she needed to be a woman and quickly changed how she acted um, and how she defended herself because these people meant harm to her, um, Mm -hmm. which I think so many of these Me Too's are all about. Yeah. Uh, Okay, folks, we have a break coming up. You're listening to WFHB Bloomington at 91.3 FM. W251AG Bloomington at 98.1 FM, W264BP Nashville at 100.7 FM, and W292DD Ellettsville at 106.3 FM, Community Radio for South Central Indiana. Now it's time for the weather. Right now in Bloomington, it is... 73 degrees Fahrenheit. Tonight it will get down to 49. Tomorrow on Friday, it'll be nice and sunny with a high of 75 and a low of 53 tomorrow night. On Saturday, it'll be nice and sunny with a high of 75 as well, but that night there is a 20% chance of rain, and on Sunday there's a 70% chance of rain. You're listening to Blooming Out here on WFHB. Now back to the show. We're going to talk a little bit about um, someone that's an ally to the LGBT community, um, Representative John Lewis from Georgia's 5th District. He is a Democrat. He was one of the youngest members of the Big Six, a title given to six prolific leaders in the 1960s civil rights movement, which included Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. He's a staunch LGBTQ ally despite background in religious studies obtained at Fisk Universities in the early 1960s. 
some of the things regarding that that John represents. Um, church is supposed to preach the gospel of love, the gospel of peace, the gospel of sisterhood and brotherhood. As Dr. King said, learn to live together as brothers and sisters. If not, we will all perish as fools. On the accomplishments of the 1960s civil rights movements, we have come a distance. We made progress. People say we haven't. I feel like saying to them, come walk in my shoes. And I guess I'll have to say this too. I started a cafe 10 years ago because really I was unable to get a job and I was going yeah. to lose the job I had because I could not express who I was. In the last two years, despite the political environment, um, I have felt so much less prejudice than I had in the past. Um, it's amazing. Under the Obama administration, you mean? Well, that's when it happened. Um, Is that when you opened Rachel's Cafe? You know what? I opened prior to, and we had the first election watch at the cafe. Oh. So it was the infancy of, of his um, coming to office. But I'm not sure what to say is the cause of this. And you know what? I don't know that everyone's experienced it, but I feel so much more um, comfortable than I used to. Mm. And and I don't know if it's coming from me or, but I think, you know what? People see me and, and I am presentable, but I'm certainly not passable. Um, and people look at me and I think since I'm comfortable, they are more comfortable too. Um, and yeah. not always, believe me, there is the there is the negative as well. But it's nice to know that we have somebody in politics that goes way back to the 1960s and is a staunch ally to what we believe in. Do you think, do you feel like some of your being comfortable, do you feel like Bloomington has changed? Yeah, you know what? I, I No, Bloomington was always wonderful, actually. Mm -hmm. um, and Bloomington remains to be an amazing place. But I took a motorcycle trip after I closed the cafe, mm -hmm. um, and I went down south. And God, when I'm on my motorcycle, I can't wear a wig, which kind of helps me blend in a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I was relatively rough looking. Um, and I'm sure there are places I could have gone that would have been trouble. But why would you go there? By and large, um, I had trouble three or four times. And, and twice it was actually by policemen. Um, but as a whole, people were just so much more live and let live. Um, which is an adage that I grew up with that I don't think applies anymore. I think, you know what, in the economy that we have now, I think we live in a live and help live situation. And, and maybe people are feeling that. And maybe that's part of, of, of why I felt better. I, I'd sure love to hear how some of the other trans people in the community have um, what their experience has been in the last couple of years, if this is true with them oh, or not. Uh -huh. Well, if anyone in the trans community would like to give us a call, we have the phone lines open right now at 812-323-1200. Again, that number is 812-323-1200, and we would love to hear from you. 
um, yeah. Where where did you stop in the South that you was like, you felt really comfortable or was your favorite? God, New Orleans. I could live yeah. in New Orleans. I love New Orleans. Um, Key West was mm-hmm. totally amazing. But, you know, it, it was an interesting trip. I um, talked to a, a lot of people on OkCupid, and I stayed with a lot of friends that I had made there. And I posted on Facebook that I was traveling, and a lot of my friends from Facebook said, I have a brother-in-law here or a sister there or a friend there. And I um, came across Alligator Alley in the rain on my motorcycle. What is that? Oh, it's a great spot. Um, It's driving through the Everglades. Uh And I took 41, which I guess, I don't know if Alligator Alley is the interstate or if it was the old highway, which I took. Um, But by the time I got to Key Largo, which was my stop for the evening, my friend wasn't there yet. And I walked into a sports bar to wait for her, keeping a very low profile. And these two men from the East Coast came in. Um, They sounded like they were from the movie Wise Guys, literally. And one of them was fairly loud, and I knew there was going to be trouble. Um, Okay, yeah. We got talking. Mm -hmm. um, And as it ended up, they found a hotel for me in Key West for the next day, gave me a hug, and I realized so much of the difficulty I had was I prejudged situations out of trying to be safe. Right. And, and sometimes that's not the reality. You thought these dudes were going to Oh, I thought it was definite aggressive. trouble. Absolutely. And then they ended up buying a... Buying you a place to a uh, hotel room? They did not buy it. But oh. they they helped me find it. And oh, they okay, gave me okay. a hug when I left. And okay. believe me, I did not think that's how that evening was gonna turn out. Hmm. Yeah, I know. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. I was a teenage anarchist looking for revolution.
anarchist. Okay, and that was I Was a Teenage Anarchist by Against Me, all caps, exclamation point. Um, so, yeah. Okay, so nobody really knows who we are, Rach, and um, possibly, unless you told people who were listening. But um, so I just kind of wanted to, like, let's have, like, a little convo, and I just want to say, like, or ask, you know, about you and why are you wanting to get involved with this show blooming out? Hmm. Great question. Um, I am a local resident. I grew up in the shadows of Bloomington. I'm from Brown County, the suburbs of Bean Blossom. Um, Lower South Side, for those people that know the Bean Blossom area. Lower South Side? Lower Is it South that Side. populated that people... No. I, oh, okay. You're yeah. you're teasing. Yes. Yeah, I am totally you're teasing me. Um, you know what? I, I guess I guess I'm here because I'm transgender. Um, I I knew I was different from my earliest memories. Um, yeah. What was the earliest memory? Um, being conflicted. I guess you know they say between the ages of three and five. Wow. That we know who we are. Uh-huh. I'm a little boy. I'm a little girl. Yeah. And th- does that prove out for you? You knew that at that time. I knew I was a feminist at the age of three. <laughs> okay, but could I ask you what was your earliest memory? Do you feel comfortable sharing? Um, you don't have to. No, it's okay. I'm, I'm trying curious. to think. Of, I'm trying to think of what, what it was without taking too much time. Um, I God, I remember being just a little kid and wanting to be uh, a girl and knowing I was a boy and knowing at that time that it was wrong, that it was perceived wrong. See, that's uh-huh. so ingrained in me. Um, huh. Well, was it you wanted to wear a certain clothing item? I did. What? Uh-huh. Like you wanted to wear a dress? Oh, God, absolutely. Um, but I was also a rough-and-tumble kid, so I won't say I get so— and, you know, this may be true for some people that I'm a— uh, a woman trapped in a man's body. I can't say that's been my journey. I think I've just been conflicted in a little bit of both all my life. A little bit of sporty spice? Uh, sporty spice, baby. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I don't know. Um, when I was just a little kid, the first time I ever put a dress on, uh-huh. I don't know, I must have been five. How did that feel? Oh, my God. You know what? I would like to say that the angel sang and the heavens opened. God, that's not the not the case at all. I literally ran into the closet. So, was it too tight fitting? No, my sisters were older than I was, so we had company downstairs, and I snuck upstairs. And I I can't tell you what motivated me except this is who I wanted to be. And I remember I just got the dress on, and I got to the best of my ability. It buttoned, it buttoned in the back, and I heard somebody coming up the stairs, and it's like, oh my God! So, just like the movies. You look for a place to hide, and I ran in the closet, literally, mm-hmm. and I knocked something over, and the door opens, and it was one of the guests. She was probably 12, and I was probably 5. I don't know. And uh, she took me downstairs, and I'm in a dress, and I'm ashamed, and I feel guilty, and I'm teased wow. by everybody, and everybody laughed. Wow. No, no, you know what? This was 19, early to mid-1960s. These people, this was not an issue. So, so these people 
my family, they were clueless. They didn't know how to respond. Um, Did you feel like it was like kind of a public humiliation? Absolutely, but I don't think that was what everyone there intended. But but of yeah. course it was. It stuck with me and oh, it reinforced yeah. my feeling of um, guilt and shame. Absolutely. I remember as a as a tiny kid, I would go to bed and I had my pajamas on. I would tuck the sheet in around the waistband of my pajamas and smooth it out and tuck it around my legs and I'd pretend it was a skirt. And when I and I must have been three at this time. And mm. when I felt really gutsy, I want to say ballsy, but that's kind of uh. contrary <laughs> to what was going on. I would tuck it under my arms and tuck it in really tight and I would puff it up to make boobs and I would lay there and huh. fight sleep because I was so paranoid that someone was going to come in and see me. And huh. finally, when I couldn't fight sleep any longer, I would untuck everything and go to sleep. Um, I, I guess the only reason I say that is, is many people believe this is a choice, mm-hmm. not a chance. Um, this is, I believe, genetically who I am. Um, and and I, th- I think everybody's experience is unique. So some people may have completely different experiences. It's, it's hard to define us all as one person. Um, but that's kind yeah. of the genesis of, of my early memories. You're here. I am. Okay. <laughs> Let's hear a little bit about your story. Oh, well, what do you want to know? Um, <laughs> you're a comedian. Well, I I mean, stand up is it's it's a hobby I would say, and I I enjoy making people giggle. I love quick wits. Um, is this a hobby that you want to turn into something? I I don't know. You know, 2017 is the year of I don't knows for me. So uh, I wanted, I will say that I I wanted to get into radio just because I wanted to experience radio. That's why, and and folks were like, oh, Blooming Out is looking for hosts. And so, you know, I wanted to see what what live radio was like. I think you are going to have countless material after our show to use in your comedy routine. I'll tell you something funny <laughs> that happened to me. Okay, so Yeah, what happened? So I'm I used to be okay, I'm probably 170 pounds if I'm lucky now. I used to be about 200 pounds and I, I worked out a lot and I was a big guy. Anyway, I had a suit and tie on. I was a salesman. And I was calling on one of my customers, which was the U.S. Bankruptcy Court. And to get into the federal building, you had to walk through an airport metal detector. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I would wear a bra under my suit because, God, you guys, I really just wanted to yeah. express who I was. And I couldn't. I was literally clinically paranoid of people finding out. Anyway. I go into the U.S. Bankruptcy Court, and this is the only time that there was only one person manning the booth. The other person must have snuck off to the bathroom. It was a woman, and I walk through, and oh, my God, my bra went off. Oh, the underwire. No. Oh. It was the hooks in the back, literally. I don't know how this thing was so sensitive. So I walk through, and she goes, hold it. And she takes the wand 
And this lady had radar because she knew right what to look for. Mm. She touched the back of my bra. Mm -hmm. She smiled at me. And she said, you can go now. She was gold. I love this woman. Um, And believe me, I never did that again. Where was that? The U.S. Bank. Yeah, Yeah. Indianapolis. Okay. But, oh, my God. You talk about dysphoric. Here you're, you're trying to do this and... The horror of horrors, and it could have been so much worse had this woman not been amazing. You know, uh, apparently under bra underwire is bad for your lymphatic system. I just be careful now. You're you're talking holy ground. <laughs> no, uh, but actually, I to just this just weird that you said that because just today I cut out the you can cut out the underwire in your bra. Maybe you can, but since I'm not real, they would be up to my chin. Okay. It, it kind of helps, oh. helps hold everything down on Oh, me. okay. Maybe someday. Not yet. Okay. They're making a lot without Wonderwire, too. I know, but, but it, it seems... It still doesn't hold things. No. Okay. For me, I, I seem to do much better with the Underwire. Otherwise, especially if it's hot out, God, people don't want to hear about this, um, too much information. No, but, I kind of do want, now that you said, I can't hear it, I want to hear it. <laughs> Do you know? Um, it helps hold things in place. That's all we're going to say. Yeah, we'll That's stop. That's all we need to. We'll stop at that. Okay. Um, I, I, you know yeah. what? I, I, I would like to, to say something to the audience. We are looking for one input from you as to topics you would like to have us talk about um, and people that you would like to have us try and come to interview. I, I know we have the mayor coming up the last Thursday in November. Um, I would be open to any specific questions that people might have that we could ask him. Underwire, no underwire? Uh, probably not where I was going, but I'm sure he would handle it very well. But <laughs> truly now... Um, People that, briefs or briefs or boxers. Well, that is the age-old question. But I'll, I'll cut that comment short. <laughs> okay, so folks, yeah. But seriously, though, we're looking for feedback on what you would like to hear about on blooming out. There are tons of issues, and I think we both would like to get um, meaty. Literally, get more into. What about for vegans and vegetarians? I I think this is going deep. I I think Satan Satan's a thing. That's a fa- that's a faux meat. The evangelicals would have difficulty with Satan with you saying that. Um, no, I I think we'd like to cover topics in depth and. But Satan is tasty. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll go with the angel food. Uh, yeah, right. So, so please keep in mind and contact the station with ideas you might have or instant message either one of us. Um, instant message. Absolutely. Oh, like follow. How would they do that? You know what? I don't even know. <laughs> I'm so internet backwards. I I, well, I'm on Instagram. You can follow me on on Instagram. I'm Kimmy. Ha dot ha. That's K I M M Y H A dot H A. I'll throw it out there. I'm on Instagram too, and my kids <laughs> set it, it up. You know what? I turned my phone off. 
I don't know. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? I do have a lot of friends on Facebook. Maybe if we we looked at Rachel Jones, we could find you on Instagram. Maybe. Probably could thread it through Rachel's Cafe, Bloomington, Indiana, although the cafe is closed. The, the Facebook page is still up, and that would lead. Because okay. there's several, there's another Rachel Jones in Bloomington who's a friend of mine. Spelled the same way. Interesting. How did you come up with Rachel, by the way? How did you know that was going to be your name? That, that, it was, it was, um, a Genesis. I, I was a, I was a salesman. I was downtown Indy. I was getting a haircut and I really needed somebody to talk to. And I went to, I, my barber was, um, very friendly and I felt someone safe to talk to one, because I didn't know him. And I mm-hmm. said, you know what? I do this, la, 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 la. And he, I said, I don't, I don't even have a name. And he said, well, what was the name of your first dog? And I said, Gretchen. He goes, that's your name. Well, I had two dogs, Gretchen and Sarge, but Gretchen was the better fit, I would have right? gone with Sarge. Yeah, right? Um, and Miss, I was, Mrs. Sarge. <laughs> Ms. Um, <laughs> I went with that for a little while, and then I, it was convoluted, but I was Amy for a while. I just thought Rachel sounded more grown up. Okay. No slight to any of the Amy's out there. I just liked Rachel for me better. Still looking for a middle name if anybody has um, ideas for that. Uh, Sarge. Well. Rachel Sarge. If I had a uniform. Uh, My dog's uh, names were Pooch and Chief, my childhood dogs. I don't think either one of those would have worked for me either. Maybe Poochie. Uh, oh, so yeah. So let's go ahead and uh, it looks like we're wrapping up. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and listen to a little more music.
our show for tonight. Thank you so much to our listeners and fabulous volunteers here at WFHB. And let's not forget our featured artist of the week, punk rock band Against Me. Thank you so much for listening to Blooming Out. Uh, Blooming Out is produced by Jesse Grubb. Our executive producer is WFHB News Director Wes Martin. Original music theme music is provided by Mikhail Robertson. Our announcer is Jesse Grubb. Graphic design is by Rachel Sutton. Photography by L. Garrett Studio. Board engineer tonight was Jesse Grubb. Blooming Out's associate producers are Alex Ashkin and Grace Tishner. I'm Rachel Jones, and thank you for tuning in. And yes, thank you so much for tuning into Blooming Out on WFHB. I'm Kim Hahn, and t- tune in next week every Thursday from 5:30 to 6:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and anytime on the web at wfhb.org. Blooming Out, Indiana's only LGBTQ plus radio program, airs every Thursday evening here on WFHB at 5.30 p.m. You can also stream us 24 hours a day, seven days a week on WFHB.org or BloomingOut.com. Thank you for listening. Please tune in again next week to Blooming Out. Blooming Out.